Welcome to a special edition of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasalina, and I am so pleased to be joined by Valeria Giannotta. Buonasera, Valeria. Buonasera, grazie per l'invito. Ah, grazie a lei. So, you know, we have to say something to our Italian audience. You know, um, the podcast is heard, Cara Valeria, in 62 countries and five continents. Would you like to say a few words, perhaps, to our Italian audience? Ah, saluto gli amici italiani e li invito a seguire il canale di Trocadero Forum e questa fantastica donna che appunto è piena di iniziative, <laughs> piena di interessi. Insomma, è, da noi è orario di aperitivo, quindi è una grande occasione per spendere quattro chiacchiere virtuali, esatto, il mio bicchiere è esatto. vuoto. Esatto, esatto. <laughs> Grazie. 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 So, uh, I would, what I would like to do, and of course we can go back between English and Italian, but I would like you to please introduce yourself. Tell us what you are, who you are, what you do. I know you're very, uh, you, 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 you occupy a very important post in this Osservatorio uh, Italiana Turchia, right? Yes. Yeah. Can uh, you start very, introduce yourself? Yeah, those are very easy questions, I think. So, my name is Valeria Giannotta and uh, I was born as an academician, basically. So, I got my PhD in 2009, in, okay. no, in 2011, sorry, in, uh, mm-hmm. in Milan. But since 2009, I've been active in, in Turkey as a researcher and uh, academic. And I used to work in Istanbul, Ankara, and in Gaziantep. That now is wow. the city that was badly hit by the That's terrible right. earthquake. Yes. Uh, and I've been following Turkish politics from within. I mean, because you know, Turkey is a very dynamic country, and I was yes. so lucky to to be there and just observing the development of uh, of the the country, of the the government, and also to experience directly the, all the traumas and uh, the success of this uh, interesting country. So I always oh. say that Turkey for me is like a, a best friend that took oh. my hand and I grew up together. I developed myself, I grew up professionally and also from a, from a human point of view. And then uh, since 2020, we established the uh, Osservatorio Turchia, Observatorio Turchia, yes. by CESPI, which is okay. the Centro di Italiano di Studi Internazionali, and is based in Rome. And uh, we are just trying to monitoring the social and political, economical development of this country, also in relation with the, its foreign affairs approach and the relations with the, the key actors from an international regional point of view. And I will say that the asset observatory on Turkey is trying to involve Turkish academician, Turkish expert, because the main goal is making uh, people knowing Turkey. I mean, right. from the point of view of the people that they are from, from that country. I mean, what is important just to carry out the understanding of the psychology of the country. Yeah. I believe that uh, there are several bias towards Turkey and I mean, everybody speaks sometimes, but it's very rare to find a very deep, in-depth analysis without any prejudice, any bias. So this is the main, uh, the main goal. 
And I will say that we have been successful because we received some institutional visit from the president of the parliament, Mustafa Shinkov. Really? Fantastic. The office of the presidency as well. And so we are trying to do our best. And also we are trying to enforce the, the dialogue between Italy and the Turkey and the Turkey and European Union as well. So this basically. Yeah, that's fantastic. Tell me, I think you wrote a book recently um, that was, I think, very well uh, published and very well received. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, 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 the book on uh, AK Party, I mean, Erdogan's party, and AK Party yes. was published actually in 2018 after the okay. presidential election. So it's not so right. new. Okay. But basically, it's an analysis still valid on how the AK Party came to power and how it has changed during these 20 years. And by changing itself, also the uh, Turkish political system has changed. So from a casual party, let's say, it became a dominant, a predominant party, and I will say a state party. And okay. of course, my, my book was over in the, after the election of 2018, and I say that this is, that was the time where a new era in Turkish politics started, that was the Erdoganism. Um, Taipei's age. Okay, okay. And then, of course, starting from 2018 until 2023, things have changed as well. So we will see what will happen. We will have elections this year, maybe. It's not clear yeah, yet. Yeah, maybe. We don't know, the, right? Because exactly. of the earthquake, right? Unfortunately, because of the earthquake. So we will see what will happen. But meanwhile, last year, we published another book, actually an e-book, related to Turkey and the Mediterranean. So and, oh. uh, we, we picked some specific cases in order to understand how this, mm -hmm. the, the relations with some key actors are historical uh, relations and how much has it been changed. I mean, how okay. much is the state affairs relate, related or is just in a political agenda? And again, again, after one year, I will say that this book is a bit out of date because now the normalization process with some competitors in the area has, uh, has started as well. So, I mean, we will see. As I said, Turkey is a very dynamic country. You cannot stop following. And what uh, I would like to say that it's important to understand the psychology of the country. Because oh, once you understand the, the psychology, the, the importance of the Turkish nationalism, then you can clearly have an idea and provide a correct analysis on what's going on there and in the region as well. I think that's really important and you make some very important points knowing a country, you know, like I've been in France most of my career. So I can say that it's really important as you have, you learn the language, you live there, you travel there, you like you say, you have to understand the people really and the psychology. Can I ask you to tell us a little bit about your impressions maybe, or maybe some comments because it's not over yet about these horrible earthquakes uh, that have been happening in, in Turkey. And since you also, I remember you went down and I, I saw you last time on, on social media, I think you went to see the women of Gaziantep, right? Actually, yes, as I told in Gaziantep, I used to work. And then I went there recently in last July. But when the earthquake occurred, I was in Ankara. And in that night, okay. I clearly remember it was 4.17 in the morning. Okay. I woke up because I felt wow. 
that her you felt it in Ankara. I felt it, so I woke up. And About I that. also heard the dogs, that they were just making some noise outside. Yeah, then they're very sensitive, I... right? Exactly. Hmm. And then I opened Twitter and I've seen that there was earthquake, but I did not have an idea of how big of the magnitude. Hmm. Hmm. Then in the morning I realized that it was, we were close to the end of the world. I mean, because, I mean, it's really a humanitarian catastrophe. It's so heartbreaking and oh you goodness, feel yeah. that you cannot do anything. And overall, those no. cities are cities that I know. I used to travel there. I mean, full of history wow. and traditions and, and then and you feel without any power, right? That you are there at home, but and there are people down there and you don't know how to help. And mm. that was a bit a shocking experience. So I tried to, to come back to Italy. It was a bit hard also coming back because some of the Imagine. flights were canceled. Sure. And I tried to support, to organize some campaign for collecting goods and or just sending money to the bank account institutions. And in somehow I became also a sort of point of contact with people in Italy that they wanted to Oh, nice. Contact. Yes, it was nice, but yeah, yeah I mean, heartbreaking again. Of course, and of course. But it's good point, that you were there and you could be that point of contact, right? Yeah. And somehow, I don't know, thanks to the social media, thanks to the things that I write, I became a sort of a dost, as the Turkish people say, a very close friend. Because, oh. you know, I mean, I put effort, but in a natural way, to to create to building bridges between sure. Italy, Europe, and Turkey. And I don't know, I, you know, Turkey has given me a lot, a lot of opportunities. Marvelous. And I, as I told you, professionally, I grew up a lot, and. You f I feel that I have to do something, to give something back to them, right? Which is sure. just a drop in the ocean, but... I mean, I mean, everything you do, right, as we do as a person, I think, you know, can have an effect, you know, and a positive effect in anything we do. Let's let's look forward a little bit. You've told us a little bit about what you do uh, and, and what you work on. Could you tell us what you have maybe in the works and how it looks going forward and then perhaps to end, this is a very short segment, I'll have to interview you uh, more completely in a, another edition of our podcast. But again, you so inspired me and I wanted to take the time to interview you. Could you tell us what you're working on maybe? No, now we are organizing some events. Uh, we got okay. support from the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and again with just uh, a team, a partner in Turkey from Halic University in Istanbul. We okay. are organizing three round tables. One who was related to, basically they are related to the role of Turkey in the Ukrainian and Russian war. Oh, so you, you'll have to invite me to that one, can you? Is it online? Okay. It, it's online, but we, for this time, we adapted the chat and mouse rules in order okay. to make people free to, to, I mean, to give their contribution, but anytime you can, I can invite you as the auditor. Thank you, I'd love <laughs> You're that. You're welcome. So one is from the, foreign affairs point of view, I mean, the Turkish stance in the conflict. Sure. The second one is related to energy issues. And An the third one. one that we are thinking to postpone a bit because of the earthquake of course. related to the normalization process that Turkey is carrying out in the region. Okay. But still, you know, I mean, it's better to wait. Also because it's not clear whether in Turkey we will have elections, what will happen afterwards. 
I mean, this is a very crucial and critical time at the same time. Yeah, so, I was going to say, will there be elections? That was my next question. <laughs> what do you think? What have you been hearing? Well, there are some contradictions because in, um, some people believe that the election will be postponed. Some okay. others believe that anyhow we will have election as they may 14. As the 10th of March, the high board for, for elections will give uh, the approval for all the elections or not. Okay. I do believe that since in the earthquake areas there is a state of emergency, maybe uh, we need to postpone I mean, the, the election because this is not the real, real time, the, the correct time to speak about politics, but we, Turkey has to cope with emergency. But yes. you know, politics is the game of where everything is possible. So <laughs> let's see. But what is it's really important that in 2023, Turkey will celebrate the century of the oh. foundation of the modern Republic of Turkey as it was founded by Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. Sure. So besides anything, it will be a very symbolic election, right? Because oh, rather yeah. than we stay in power with the Freedom Project of Yeni Turkey, which means the new Turkey, or okay. again, we will witness a change of power. We okay. will see. Okay. All right. Well, um, let me let me end on, on maybe some tips and uh, what you would, you know, how could you inspire, as you've inspired me, how would you, what, what advice would you give to young people, uh, you know, young women or young men that are, you know, coming up in the world and maybe are still students or young people, how can, what, what advice would you give to them, Valeria? Well, first of all, thank you for the knowledge. Um, I would like to say just follow your dreams and be uh, pushed by curiosity. I mean, just never stop learning and try to understand better and always follow your hearts as well. Because I do believe uh, that curiosity with passion is the real uh, engine. Of, uh, of a growth from humanitarian or human point of view, but also professional point of view. So I would say this, I mean, those are basic ingredients. They are not so obvious, but I think this is the winning formula for the, I wouldn't say for the success, but to fulfill uh, yourself. Right? Exactly, I agree, I agree. So purpose or passion over purpose or purpose over passion, I think for me, they go together. Uh, exactly. I don't know what you said. Yeah. And curiosity. I mean, be curious, but not in a in a negative way. I mean, in a positive way. I and mean, try always to understand and put your nose in the, <laughs> the affairs. I went to Turkey in order to understand what's going what was going on in that country, and I stayed there. You know, but always. I mean, not, do not stop dreaming. Be curious and be brave in the same time. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Would you like to say maybe a few words in Turkish or Italian to finish? Well, in Turkish, I would say to my Turkish friends, which which means like a speedy recorder. I mean, we cannot oh. translate really in English, but okay. something like it will be easy to come out from a difficult situation. Oh, nice. And to my Italian friends, uh, un caro saluto e insomma alla prossima e grazie per l'attenzione e grazie anche a Elena insomma per l'invito grazie mille grazie grazie a lei e ci vediamo vero? ci vediamo presto sì grazie buon lavoro grazie grazie